0: <coughs> no, no, no.
1: For a podcast within a podcast pottering around the cherub chucking handfuls of confetti at Mangum Reads. We are three muggles who are thinking fondly of the early books where each chapter was about one thing. My name is Sarah. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, BJ and Spencer. How are you all doing?
0: Sarah, I don't like to cast doubt at you early, but do you have any hopes at all at actually summarizing this chapter within a reasonable time
1: frame? I have written the summary. I have edited the summary. I have practiced the summary. And if I can manage to implement circular breathing, I might be able to get this under two minutes.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I don't see the difficulty. There, there, there was a publication in a newspaper followed by a bad date, a defense against dark arts class, and Harry's depressed.
0: <laughs> Thank you, BJ. We appreciate the outline you've provided. Yeah,
1: great. Cool, 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 cool. So that counts, right, Spencer? We're done here. <laughs> What? Oddly, and be just the one who judges where their counts. So <laughs> and sure, that's
2: why I'm not allowed to do the chapter summaries.
1: So we um, are on the I don't know what number chapter we're on. 25? Twenty-five. Yep. We're on oh, I guessed. Um, we're on chapter twenty-five of the fifth book, of Harry Potter. The chapter is the Beetle at Bay, which only has to deal with a quarter of this chapter, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some segments that we do here. We have a rapid fire recap. Uh, BJ's Wizard Wheezes, Newbie's Notes with Spencer, we award house points, and then there are questions and, and queries, and, um, that's what we do here.
0: It is, uh, and Sarah, having said that, two minutes are high, or or two minutes are high water, or what's the plan? Yeah,
1: we're going under two minutes at this point, um, I'm also fending off a cat who (laughs) likes to come and jump on me just in the middle of these summaries to distract me, so I feel like it has been sent by BJ. (laughs) On a mission.
2: (laughs) I'm a cat whisperer. It's just Mm -hmm. how it is.
1: Sure.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, the stopwatch is ready if you are.
1: The next day's Daily Prophet reports the escape of 10 Death Eaters from Azkaban, including Bellatrix Lestrange, Sirius's cousin, and the one who tortured the Longbottoms. The Ministry suspects it's connected with Sirius' escape and uh, that they're going to rally around him. Hermione points to a different clip, the death of Broderick Bode, who was strangled by a houseplant when recovering in St. Mungo's. Bode was in the same room as Lockhart, and they saw the Devil's Snare arrive. Harry remembers that he met Bode on the day of his ministry hearing. He worked in the Department of Mysteries. Hermione abs- absconds to send a mysterious letter. Harry and Ron catch up with Hagrid, who's still looking back and Umbridge has put him on probation. But the school is abuzz with the talk of the escaped Death Eaters. The upshot of the news is that some students are reevaluating what they think about Dumbledore and Harry's story of Voldemort's return prompting another educational decree banning teachers from talking to students about anything unrelated to what they teach. Umbridge is on a tear, attending every divination and care of magical creatures class. She wants to fire someone, and soon. Occlumency lessons seem to be doing more harm than good. His scar always hurts, he's irritated, and he's getting strange flashes from Voldemort. Ron posits that Snape's actually trying to open Harry's mind to Voldemort. Finally, Valentine's Day arrives with Hermione asking Harry to meet him midday, bring Cho along if he must. Her, uh, Harry nervously meets up with Cho to head to the village. They end up at a very fussy tea shop. Harry's out of his depth and conversation's flagging. When Harry asks Cho if she will go meet Hermione with him, Cho's not pleased and starts talking about Cedric. Harry tries to change the topic, which completely unravels her. She takes off dramatically. He's got to go meet Hermione, though. So he takes off and runs into Hagrid, who has a strange one-sided conversation with him about fa- about family before Hermione calls Harry over to a table where she's sitting with Luna Lovegood and Rita Skeeter. Rita latches on to Harry's love life and Voldemort's return, and the latter is exactly why Hermione summoned her, summoned her. She wants Rita to report Harry's story about Voldemort, all the details. The prophet won't touch it, but Luna's father is the editor of the Quibbler. Hermione thinks people want a different story than Fudges and the prophets. She applies a little light blackmail to Rita, and she agrees. Harry reluctantly agrees to tell his story.
0: Get that girl a glass of water. She made it. <laughs> 155.97. Bravo, Sarah. That was actually a ver- very well done summary,
1: too. Thank you. Um, sometimes when the pressure is on, things go a little bit better. <laughs> slash I, I actually was to encourage you. try. <laughs> um, so I'm calling that a win. I'm going to sit over here and uh, grab my oxy- oxygen tank. BJ, <laughs> what are you wheezing about?
2: Uh, a couple of things. So um, while this isn't questions, I do have questions for you, which Every is time. give her a break.
1: Why do we have structure?
2: Well, so this isn't this is a personal question, not a question about Harry Potter. I don't like that either.
1: How do you eat eggs? Do you eat eggs with a spoon? Um, no, not normally. Uh, but I am aware that there are situations in which you would eat eggs with a spoon, one of which is if they are. Um, soft boiled, soft I boiled. guess, is is, yeah. is
2: sort of the only the, the the only way, and specifically if that, you're
1: eating them in an egg cup.
2: Yes, um, which has to be the only way that happens because this is this is what hap- is what happened is what is happening at the beginning of this chapter. Mm-hmm. There we go, got it out. Um, but also a very funny thing that. I mean, I guess it would make sense that Hogwarts would have like walking egg cups and everybody like, they walk <laughs> out and everybody gets their own. Um, I love that. But, yes. But the imagery of a professor trying to eat over easy eggs with a spoon just thoroughly amuses me. I mean, it would work, but, but it's just not, not a thing that should <laughs> be happening in the world.
0: <laughs> Particularly over easy. Particularly over easy could work. I
2: mean, everything could work. You could do scrambled like. There's no reason to to eat scrambled eggs with a fork. I mean, you could very well do it with a spoon. It's just a crazy person thing, um, which you know is fine. Um, then the other personal question, which I, I will direct at Spencer, since Sarah, you were taking a well deserved break. Spencer, how do you feel about
0: unfair mysteries? Unfair mysteries? You mean mysteries exactly. Were you- it, it, it depends on the nature of the book. Like, if, if the book is actually a mystery and it's open, as a mystery. Particularly if it's like a detective novel kind of thing. There's an expectation that there should be enough tools there that you can have a hint. Maybe yes. that you couldn't have solved it, but the information is apparent that once you reach the conclusion, you go, Oh, right! That's part of the fun! And then you can look back through and see all the little hints and suggestions. That's what you're buying into it for. It's part of the expectation on the experience. If it's that kind of thing, and it ultimately is an unfair mystery, it's a book I chuck at the wall by the time I get there. Okay. So how do you feel about the death of Mr. Bode? As an unfair... I can't say it's unfair yet. I don't know enough yet. There's enough of a suggestion that there might be more... That it's tying into various things that's been referenced before. So I'm not willing to say it's unfair yet. Other than that he, you know, he is, oddly enough, from... what, what What's the term? It's not unfair mysteries. What's the name of the mysteries department he's with? The Department, uh,
1: of yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, Department of Mysteries? So, yeah. All right, Department of Mysteries. yeah. At this point, I can't say it's unfair because the story isn't over. I feel like we're going to learn more about why he was nailed. I even have some theories at this point about why he was, you know, targeted or whatever else. Yes, we probably do. But I did go back to
2: the chapter that we see him in. and We, uh, we got jack it, shit. It, incredibly on brand. Uh, his name is Broderick Bode. Uh, so we do have the alliteration, which could have keyed us in. Um, and then the other fascinating thing that I'm going to wheeze about a little bit in, in, in a rhetorical manner, which is, um, can you identify poison ivy or poison oak? Um, because I mean, I think, I feel like a lot of people can at least, you know, have heard it. Um, and they're not deadly plants that you had a required course on in mm. high school. Uh, whereas... I guess I would sort of assume that a nurse in a hospital would be able to recognize a deadly plant. And it's kind of wild that, that we're expecting these children to.
1: I, yeah, uh, I, don't, I think that the explanation given in text about, like, context is everything. Do you expect to encounter Devil's Snare coming in as a, into, like, I think that's a yeah, perfectly reasonable fair. explanation. Um, um,
2: but- I, I, I think it is.
1: But I'm also nobody. a person who is is gets horrible reactions to poison ivy and cannot recognize poison ivy.
0: <laughs> OK, it, 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 it was interesting that the kids were going at themselves on the subject of how could how couldn't we recognize it? Yeah, you know, we, we just did. But, you know, Hermione pretty quickly puts it just puts a damper in that saying now, now irrelevant, <laughs> unimportant. The guy was murdered. Let's focus on the actual relevant factor here we yeah. can we, we can bash ourselves later when the war is over
2: mm-hmm. yeah um i mean and it, it it was a little bit of a throwaway but i was very curious about it um and going
0: back um oh, and, and answer to your question though me hike, i i lived up next to 100 acre woods when i was growing up and so i yeah. went hiking there all the damn okay, time okay christopher robin it, that was the introduction to my house with my dad <laughs> took me at age 3 at the back porch and said look Spencer it's the 100 acre woods and i never stopped exploring after <laughs> that uh, but day one, my dad said, this is poison ivy. Memorize this. So that that was key part of hiking in those
1: woods. Um, I send my dad a picture of every three-leafed plant that I encounter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wise. Just avoid them all.
2: Oh, that's going to be a very fun uh, su- addition to, to the things I send your dad. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, is Umbridge... A death eater at this point in the book and the reason that i ask this is uh we've talked a little bit about the death of the author and that being a valid or invalid thing um and there are a lot of other authors that change their the the narrative of the story uh as they're going in terms of like feedback or they get other ideas do you think that the reveal well maybe not anyway that that do you think that, that Umbridge is, like, normally evil, as she seems to be, or that she's sort of being written as a Death Eater at this point? In the- uh, as the one person who doesn't know, uh, well, actually, BJ, you don't know either, right? No, I don't know, I'm, okay. but, but it, it, I mean, we sort of all know, like,
0: like you do know, Spencer, because yeah. this is in every Reddit thread ever, but... I, I, I don't think that she's a Death Eater. I don't. In I, any ways, I'd find it disappointing if she was. I think she is a more interesting form of evil if she is removed from the utterly died-in-the-wool black right. black heart of evil. Evil.
2: I very much agree with you, and I, I like that she's this sort of like hand of the government being evil. Evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying to figure out like what is she at like this point in the book because it feels it feels like. There is a little bit more going on than just the evil government and like like and being that uncaring you know power for power's sake person um in here and i'm trying to figure out like if this was a change like within like between here and the end of the series that it's like Mm -hmm. no 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 Mm -hmm. it makes a lot more sense that she is this other type of evil
0: what (sighs) My interpretation of her is she's an odd stand-in for society, of where she's adopting the role of a petty little tyrant, of where the world is rapidly spinning out of her control, and so she's just gripping gripping her fist that much tighter on what little little limited things that she does, that she is able to manage. Yeah. It is oddly pathetic in a way I find fascinating.
1: I think for me, one of the most interesting moments in this chapter is when is right after. Um, in this first scene at the breakfast table, when Harry starts looking around and trying to figure out, like, okay, the students aren't really paying any attention yet. Mm-hmm. They do eventually, right? Right. Um, but the professors clearly have been reading the article and know. Um, and know. then we have Umbridge, who's like sitting by herself mm. at the end of the table. Yeah. Like, sort Staring of depressed at the and, other... yeah, and yeah, and mad at the professors and mad like her reaction in that moment. I think is super is super interesting and i think regardless of where her character goes eventually i think that that moment is evidence that or that there's evidence in that moment that right now she is not being portrayed as a death eater right because she's having this interesting yeah she,
0: she's she's the reactionary element of society flailing about trying to trying to gain control over something that she sees is rapidly spinning out of her grip mm-hmm. it, it... yeah
2: that's fair it's just like some of the decrees and how she interacts with uh people like it feels like it isn't decided yet what she is in terms of like what's going on in the book Hmm. um and i don't know it's just sort of an interesting thing to me where some some authors have everything planned out and sometimes change things and some authors are like here's like the story that i'm writing and then you know a character can go either way towards the Mm -hmm. end of the books and and it just it It feels like there's this interesting balance that she has where, like, as the reader, you're not quite sure where she lies. It feels like, you know, she's sort of going both ways. But also, I wonder if some of that is... um...
0: The author hedging her bets for the time being? Yeah. I I think it's true. There's an element of Snape about her, of where we've got information that she has evil associated with her, and the characters aren't exactly sure of what her motivations are other than that she's a threat, and... Less explicitly than Snape, there's an element of pondering of what category of threat that's going to fall into when the, when the cards finally fall. Yeah. Um, the
2: last thing that uh, I'm going to wheeze about is I like that Harry doesn't actually like Joe, and it thoroughly <laughs> amuses me. Um, it's
0: it's interesting. It's like it, I I don't I, I don't know if. Harry, I don't know if well of course Harry hasn't thought about it it's Harry but I don't know I, I don't know if he's sat there for a second and pondered it what he, what conclusions he'd come to Yeah there's clearly like she's pretty but
2: he obviously doesn't li- I mean I've been in situations like this where like somebody puts their hand on the table like on a date and I'm just like oh fuck I do not want to deal with this and this is awkward what do I do now and the I have no interest in doing this and participating and making this further is exactly what harry does yep and i don't know that he knows that he's doing it um con- like it's it's very unclear from from the association but it is so funny that like harry very very clearly really does not like joe other than thinks she's pretty in in this interaction i mean some of it can be awkward but i feel like there's the like if you're their age Mm -hmm. it's like oh he's just being weird and awkward but like i as an adult with some Mm. of these experience i'm like oh god no he he really dislikes being at least being around her maybe he doesn't dislike her and maybe it's a lot of this uh the shadow over their relationship um of cedric but this really feels like he doesn't like her for some reason and again you know it could be cedric or whatever else but but the I don't even want to look at her because the expectation is that like we continue our relationship a little bit further and I would have to do this terrible thing, like kiss her. And it's just like, Oh my God. I mean, maybe the previous experience uh, was not great, uh, (laughs) but.
1: It is, this is one of those, like, you know, BJ, you have sometimes complained about like the, the weirdness of how relationships are portrayed. (laughs) (laughs) like interpersonal relationships are portrayed in Harry Potter. But this is like one of the the most, this is so relatable. I feel like Mm -hmm. when you're a teenager and you sometimes fall into these relationships where like you think you should be dating somebody or you did legitimately think you liked somebody for a while and you sort of like muddle along in them because you don't really know what's happening and you don't really know how you feel and you don't know how to process what's going on. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, Oh God, what is, what is going on here? Um, So I don't know. I, this, this scene is always like sort of sad, but sort of funny and really relatable to me that like, you have no business being in a relationship with this girl. Like neither of you have any business being involved in this because clearly it's not, neither of you want to be here for the other person specifically yeah. Um. But you found yourself here and now what are you going to do about it? So anyway. Yeah. I'm, I
0: mean, I'm always reminded, that, I'm always reminded of those moments of the end of the graduate of where, you know, they run out of the church, everything else, they're <laughs> sitting on the bus and there's suddenly that moment of, oh crap, what do we do now?
2: Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah.
0: it was a lot of build up to this and now we're here and now I don't know. Hmm.
2: And I think that there's this natural, like, well, there was a, will they, won't they before she started going out with Cedric. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of like an all right well we could try this again and um yeah
0: it's 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 part of the reason part of the reason that most shows run on unresolved sexual tension Mm -hmm. rather than actually go into relationships of where that's usually more interesting
2: yeah yeah um and then to follow that up why does she always want to drag up a subject that makes her act like a human hose pipe is maybe the most hairy reaction to this, that I can't actually process my emotions or understand what's going on. And a complete crazy person. Um, but to be fair, he's like 16. So fine. Yeah. Um,
0: it's a great line. It's a great line for for saying a lot about a character.
2: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, that that was pretty great, and and I also do want to to point out that we did have yet another like everybody should talk to each other uh, moment uh, yet again, and we're like nope, we're not going to do that. Um, um, and at this point, like I I appreciate that being in the text more and more because at least at least we're poking fun of it mm-hmm. uh, as, as being one of the major reasons for things happening uh, rather than just. I- ignoring how tropey it is.
0: Mm-hmm. Shall I newbies notes?
2: Uh, yes, I'm curious what you have to note as your as being a newbie. Uh,
0: well, th- this is the chapter where the hits just keep coming. It- it's just... Y- y- in, er- in earlier chapters and earlier books, we've been content with maybe two or ba- three bad things happening. <laughs> Let's recount the list this chapter just real quick. Ten Death Eaters broke out of Azkaban, including Bellatrix Lestrange, who has been... Prophesized, discussed, carefully connected with all of the other characters for the last, like, two books. So, that's a big deal. Uh, a, there's a dead Ministry of Magic worker who we've previously met and had referenced before and as BJ hit. Maybe be a mystery that we'll see more about going forward. Uh, Hagrid and Trelawney are on probation. Uh, there's new directors Mumbridge that suck. Harry's <laughs> lessons with Snape are not going well. Harry has an utter train wreck of a date. It's, there's just no limit to how bad things can get for this chapter, with one brief recovery at the end that involves some pretty immoral blackmail, which we'll get to in a second.
1: You're uh, you're making a real good case for uh, loser of the chapter, Spencer.
2: We'll okay. get there. Also, to be fair, Harry's the conductor of his train wreck. Like, the, the, the...
0: yes, Cho is desperately trying to get the date back on the tracks at several points, and Harry is not there to help. Harry's Norfolk Southern. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, on the on the subject of the uh, breakout from Azkaban, uh Fudge is just keeping the narrative going. This is a guy that will just continue playing that tune as the ship is sinking around him, just saying, "This is fine." He has no other way, He has no other card to play. To the point that just even people reading the newspaper aren't believing it anymore. Well, I'm, I don't the, know how the, many general people, but yes, that's that is fair. Looking at our demographic of the school, the school itself is having questions. Yes. Uh, Hermione being completely immune to saying Voldemort has now become a thing, and I'm amused by it. Uh, she joins a relatively small list, BJ. I mean, uh, how many people at this point do we know that can say Voldemort without issue? Uh, It's basically Dumbledore, um, Mad-Eye, and Hermione, I I guess, at this point. I mean, well, what do you mean without issue? Like, that
2: are willing to do it? Without personal issue? Yeah.
0: Without flinching.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I wonder how much of this is, uh... It's Hermione, and she doesn't have any attachment prior to her coming to
0: Hogwarts. Well, it's interesting, too, because Hermione used to. She's Mm -hmm. almost done this, like, exposure therapy. where For, like, two books now, she's been forcing herself to save Voldemort, and it's gotten easier over time. Because she knows that you need to be at a certain degree of comfort with this. Whereas everybody else has just been avoiding it. Yeah. We get to meet another member of the Bones clan, and I want to meet more of these people because, dear Christ, is there a story associated there? If I remember, Bones was the one that presided over Harry's tribunal,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah, Madam Bones, who was the fair one.
0: And this is Susan Bones, the student that we meet in this chapter. Yep. Oh, uh, uh, Who we hear that sh- their family lost an uncle, an aunt, and various cousins due to one Death Eater in the last war. And she's still functioning in this world. Harry, what the hell were you complaining about? Uh <laughs> Uh, people starting to believe Dumbledore and Harry's story is interesting, like we, like we referenced. At this point, Fudge's narrative is getting so thin that people are able to see through it, and they're now pondering other other possibilities, which makes Hermione's ultimate plan at the end of this chapter so perfectly timed. Uh, the teacher-student conversations, though, occurring in little cliques uh, reminded me very intimately of the day 9-11 happened when I was in school as like freshman yeah. sophomore year, of what those little teacher-student clicks that were forming in corners with just people... I was seeing those clicks before I even knew what happened, so I walked by somebody and overheard someone say, the towers are down. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Let's go join that conversation real quick. Uh, in terms of more uplifting things in this segment, uh, the Neville Rocky montage was great, and I feel like it's been <laughs> building for several books now. <laughs> I mean, it's inspired by trauma, but sure, that's a motivation that many of these texts and stories revolve around. But Whatever it takes, I guess. Neville, we knew we knew it had you get in you. We've been seeing you work slowly over the course of the last four books. Now you've kicked it into overdrive, and I'm ready to see you, hopefully before the end of this series is done, duel Bellatrix Lestrange. We'll see how that goes. I mean, to be fair, like, we have
2: had Neville, and this might be part of uh, Dolores' interference, is that, he like, he's had sit-downs with professors, and, you know, it's probably a lot more open with certain professors than harry is about his struggles and Mm -hmm. so like there could very well be you know some reasonable behind the scenes uh therapy going on shall we say and i mean i think this intertwines with his grandmother's
0: uh forcing him into
2: things (laughs) yeah
0: but yeah I mean, it, it, it's a, it, it is a method of dealing with trauma. One that Harry personally does not believe in at all, from what we've seen in this story. No. Uh, oddly enough, BJ, as you referenced, him talking to professors has made it so that the one of the main people that was willing to talk about it with him was one of the people that actually did the, the trauma in terms of the masquerading Mad Eye Moody, mm-hmm. which is still a delightful mind fuck up a thing. Yeah, but, like, he was good about it. So, like, he this, was. This, this, like it was. Like, it's such a weird. I, I think.
2: Like a deep dive into Crouch Junior. Like feels like it's necessary at some point because yeah. like
0: I want a side story from his perspective, please. Yeah. Uh, okay. Dead. Dead ministry worker. Uh, I'll just say it in passing. Ron's an idiot. Just throwing that out there. But him going, <laughs> what? What a horrible error that they would allow such a deadly plant next to the bedside. Well, I can just picture Hermione doing a full-on Picard face. Just like, no, no, Ron. No, God. I think we're destined to end up together in the story because of some writer reason. But God, no. Um, but the idea that it was a worker in the Department of Mysteries, he was recently injured while service on the job, that it was Devil Snare that got him, all lead me to the conclusion this is in some way associated with the dreams that Harry's having of approaching the door in the you know in, in the Ministry, and makes me all the more glad that they got Ron's dad out of that hospital already because man he seems like he'd be under the same category as under threat at this point Ooh, do you think that the uh failure of
2: the medicine and stitches could have been part of the uh taking out ministry workers rather than just a failure of stitches interesting i had not pondered that now i am hmm
0: Okay, I'll put another thread on the wall.
2: Thank you, BJ. I'm going to keep track of I mean, that it, one. It's definitely not going to come up again. So, like, I wouldn't worry about it, but, like, it'd <laughs> Wait, be a
0: fun little... I don't rest. know. <laughs> put
1: your uh, string
2: away, Spencer. It's fine. Oh, damn it. Uh,
0: Hagrid and Trelawney on probation. Uh, both are burning up entirely under Umbridge's glare, which is in character for both of them. At the same time, it's interesting to see how... how to watch them spiral. For one thing... Trelawney is cooking sherry drunk?
1: I was that s- is a s- so hoping you would bring this up, Spencer.
0: <laughs> cooking sherry drunk is a very special kind of drunk. Yes. Well... To be fair, I,
2: I am hoping that they're not going with a sodium overload as well, because there are places that you can actually get cooking sherry that doesn't have, like, 10% salt in it like it does in the U.S., and I assume that the U.K. is one of them. I think, I assume it just means bad sherry. I think so, As opposed yeah. to... When, when,
0: when most people say cooking sherry, they mean that little bottle that's not even on the wine aisle that just says cooking sherry that's, like, next to the olive oil. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they usually mean the shit cooking sherry. Well, but, like, in the U.S., that means that it has a crap ton of salt in it yes it does so uh on the other hand hagrid's doing the same thing just in more appropriate circumstances while depressed well, well mm. in a depressed drinking state reminiscing over lost family with harry where i i really wish harry would be more in touch with his feelings because i really wanted him to engage with hagrid right there because hagrid was trying but also- I was he i don't know <laughs>
1: Well, he was at was least saying, we've got
0: something in common. We've both suffered trauma. You know, life sucks. Maybe it could have been different. If Harry had talked at all there, maybe maybe they could have had a conversation. Uh, so, yeah,
1: my impression of Hagrid in that state was that he was not, like, super engaging. Specific, like, I don't know. He seemed a little absent.
0: I don't think he was reaching out, but I think it could have been a moment. Yes. So do you think that
2: Hagrid also had a failed date? Or was he, <laughs> he
1: <laughs> No, because unha- he didn't have his suit on
0: he does have more injuries though
1: that's true but Um, hagrid does have specific date attire mm,
0: he does that (laughs) hair suit thing i guess
1: i assumed
2: that was an evening date attire as opposed to you know perhaps he's a little bit more
0: casual with uh a lunch date i don't
1: know i think we may never know (laughs) bj I, i
0: i don't picture him having more than one suit no uh Let's see here. New directors from Umbridge, uh, that they can't discuss anything that isn't lesson-related. Ron DeSantis, eat your heart out. Uh, And as said, this very much seems to be desperate levels of just trying to control a world that's spiraling out of control. That she's watching the other teachers talking. She's maybe even a little bit pissed that they're not including her. It could be an element of left out that's even going into that. Also, this could be an element of what are they conspiring about? What's going on? That she's just trying to put the others just lid on the simmering pot we'll see how well that goes well you're not allowed to yell
2: at students for anything out, outside of lessons if you're gonna do that that was such a great i it,
1: uh, it just immediately uh, rules immediately
0: <laughs> i i i, I, I love who, who, who was, was it was it ron's brothers or was it their friend that was that, that told that downbridge there with the rhythm the weasleys or lee jordan random. i
1: think it
0: yeah i thought it was maybe lee jordan but i don't have it i think it might have been yeah. Uh but I I love that it cuts immediately from that to him just walking in with a bleeding hand. Just like nice try. You've got you, you know, you're, you're you're winning points in honor, not in terms of physicality. Um and, and Harry was like, "Oh, you
2: could try this for that cuz I know what yeah. that is."
0: And <laughs> enjoy your moral victory
2: have some have some poultice. Um but also Harry was so intent on hiding that and now that it's kind of out, this feels like another time where it's just like have a little bit of a conversation, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. maybe somebody can say that that Umbridge is is inflicting
0: punishments on students that are. If there's everything more, in char- if there's anything more in character from Harry than not properly processing trauma. I don't know what there is. He's always going to bury whatever is happening to him, whether it would serve the world to have it more out out front and center.
2: So the series should be called Harry Potter and the Unprocessed Trauma? Yes, mm-hmm.
0: actually. Please. Just, I, don't know the, I don't I don't remember the names of the coming books. Is one of them named that? It would be appropriate. <laughs> uh, lessons with Snape continue to suck. Uh, but Harry, correlation is not causation. The fact that you're attending the lessons, I'm betting, isn't making your Voldemort experiences worse. It's like, sure, maybe that's a possibility. Or, alternative read... Perhaps it's demonstrating why you need these all the more, actually. Alternative explanation. Who knows? Uh, and also, Ron, shut up. Just <laughs> shut up. Shut up. We've we spent so many books just wasting time pondering whether Snape is evil. He isn't. All right? It's out there. As, as Hermione says, if we can't trust Dumbledore on this point, we're screwed. Because we're all relying on Dumbledore on this. Uh, to go along with that, Spencer, are you saying that Umbridge is not evil? I I don't think we have any grounds to say that Tumbledore trusts trust Umbridge. He has never told I, him to I, such. I agree with
2: that. But also, when you say that Snape is not evil, I you're, you're saying
0: Biggie evil because... I'm saying he's not a Death Eater. Yes. Currently, there we go. He, he is a jerk. he's an <laughs> asshole. He is glorying in the fact that he is a jerk and an asshole. There is a reason that he is a senior... That Actually, is he running Slytherin?
1: Oh yeah, he's he's the Slytherin house master.
0: He's gotta represent. You gotta be a dick to be in House Slytherin. It's
1: required.
0: (laughs) Ah, now Harry's train wreck of a date. Uh, Of course no one planned anything. I feel personally called out with respect (laughs) to that in terms of teenage dates. That like, oh, we're just gonna go out somewhere.
1: No one one thought of all what they would do from there. Of course not. It's also the sort of like... This feels very real to teenage dating, too, because yes. it's sort of like, where do you go? Like, what? Yeah. Other Let's than the fact, that the Harry's lot. Yes.
0: Uh, other than the one of the biggest differences between, you know, our experiences and, and their teenage dating, Harry's rich. Harry That's has true. lots of money. They could do whatever they wanted. He just doesn't know how to spend it. Mm-hmm. Did he pay for coffee? He did. He dropped a galleon on the table when Joe ran away. <laughs>
1: Unclear if he would have paid for coffee if he hadn't essentially been forced to pay for coffee.
0: Though <laughs> no, that's a fair question. A chose at least trying. I think at every step she's the one that recommends the next thing they do, or at least close yeah. to it. Just because Harry's just continually. Well, what do you want to do? It's like I want you to have some investment in this date, sir. Thank you. Uh, in terms of preludes, that Hermione running off without saying shit is old enough now. In terms of story beats, that Ron calls it out mm-hmm. in text as being a story beat. It's like again, it, it's it's great that we're acknowledging the
2: trope because it has to be acknowledged and at least it, it's
0: it's out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the date actually starts out okay. It does start out okay because they immediately start talking about shared interests and the time passes swimmingly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Keep doing that. <laughs> okay, That's so how- so where's the narrator
2: when the time passes swimmingly?
0: not not present just like referencing that it occurred
2: the the reason that i ask is is it harry talking about quidditch and cho sitting there and the time passed swimmingly for harry because he's harry and he's a jock and has no no interest in anything of-
0: hey she's a jock too this is a jock date they enjoyed talking sports they should just keep doing that dear god where did things go off the rails <laughs> Don't think it off riding brooms. It's just not the same. Mm. Uh, in terms of characters that I still have, I have at no point in this entire series been able to take seriously. Pansy got to be high. I, like she has no role other than to be a kindergarten bully. It's like I don't know why anyone around her takes her seriously at this point. She's just there to shout and name shit.
1: And like it's kind of interesting that she's actually, but like she and Draco are not. Like in the same space anymore, doing this necessarily, no. right? Because it feels like she's even below, at least Malfoy has, no. is yeah, clever
2: about what he's doing. So is Crab or Goyle going to end up with,
0: with Pansy? Great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to imagine that scenario. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but it, Sarah, I think you make a great point there. Malfoy's actually, you know, added an element of craft to his bullying now that we can actually respect it. We I mean, Weasley respect, is our is king.
1: It? That's a whole thing. Luna's
0: singing it at the <laughs> end of the chapter. Still, I mean,
2: it is Luna, but but still, to be fair, it's a stuff, Like, there is no way that Malfoy is not getting like summer school on on how to be a better bully. Like, his dad <laughs> is probably just a correspondence sitting him down. course. Yeah, I, I, yeah,
0: definitely. I, uh, it's like this is how I bullied James, and
2: this is I how you.
0: I took a daily journal on the subject of it. Please, read this before you go to bed each night. Uh, good point on Cho's part about the Dementors. I mean, uh, Hermione references earlier that, well, yeah, of course, they've turned against us, but she's got insider knowledge. Cho doesn't, really, but mm-hmm. she points brings out the really great point that, hey, the last time this happened, the Dementors were literally taking over campus. Why are none of them here now? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, Cho, kudos. This is something everybody else should be realizing, too. Uh... In terms of this coffee shop, I'm not certain whether this is the worst or the best coffee shop ever. <laughs> I of two minds. Uh, one, I never want to go there on holidays because cherubs throwing confetti is the worst experience ever, I can imagine. Maybe it's funfetti, Spencer. If it was funfetti, I'd be down. They say confetti, though, and that doesn't get out of anything. And th- that doesn't sound fun. At the same note, though, a coffee shop where I can just sit down and order coffee just sounds blissful. I feel like every coffee shop I know now, you need to, like, interpret the Rosetta Stone to order something now, because they're, like, you know, eight lines of descriptions about where the coffee came from and all the other things that are going into it. It's like, I just want caffeine. Can I have that, please? Is that an option? The, the reveal that
2: Spencer is a boomer, I did not expect to happen on on this episode, but- I've never but tried to hide I'm it. here for it. I
1: like it. <laughs> this is, for me, is a sort of like, oh, Spencer just started drinking coffee regularly. Now we're getting his interior monologue. <laughs>
0: Spencer just started drinking coffee regularly, and Spencer also just got back from Portland. Mm. That was a traumatic experience in terms of somebody that was just now trying to drink coffee. It's like, oh no, welcome Ooh. to a place that cares and you don't. Uh... In terms of the actual experience of the date itself, uh, Hermione, uh, Harry, don't bring up Hermione. Just, like, don't. Don't bring up another girl on a date. And then particularly don't laugh about the fact that Cho she, that she has concerns about the other girl on the date. Just a little bit of advice there. Same time, Cho, it's not like Hermione is new. It's not like this is new information you didn't have. You're like, he does hang out with her all the time. You kind of knew this getting into the date. So maybe not reach the quite the level of freak out that you do. Uh, as for Cho talking about other guys, it seems like an obvious attempt at, you know, making either Harry jealous or making aware that she has other options, which seems to be a common play, that all in character, Harry is way too oblivious to even get. So, yeah. I you know, I don't know. It, it This felt... Th- this felt th- the more going through the tropes aspect of dating rather than as, as authentic here at the end. Yeah. I mean, and but like, to be fair, and... I don't know. This is kind
2: of a weird thing with Cho. It's just like, oh, I had, uh, I, I, I've chosen so many other people over you, and I decided not to this time. Uh, <laughs> you should be a little bit more reasonable, and you should, you should be graceful like, and careful
0: What?
1: Yeah, I feel like it's it's simultaneously. I don't know. Cho's an interesting character, kind of an interesting character. I wish we got a little bit more of kind of what she was thinking because it feels to me like this was simultaneously like hey, can I kind of jealous my way back into a conversation with you? But also it felt like she was doing some sort of self-protective work as the state yeah. was going yeah. downhill, and it was clear that Harry wasn't into it, right? Um, so Did? I th- yeah, I think she was trying to kind of, like, collect herself, Protect too. Herself. Yeah, Yeah.
2: Did Cho hang out with Floor? Because this feels like a Floor move.
1: It does. <laughs> uh, in, in a way that,
2: like, she mm-hmm. could be really successful at it. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I feel like Cho would be a very interesting character if she wasn't dating Harry. Yes. Like, if, if she was dating somebody with a little bit more just emotional, you know, understanding of himself or intelligence or willing to just talk about his feelings, this character would be fascinating to kind of talk with and, you know, experience. But Harry is not bad at all. Not a lot to so. go off of when
2: not on a date with Harry. So at some point, if Neville stops being fat, we might get a <laughs> uh, show Neville romance, but there's no way that gr- she's not too shallow to date him now. Uh, but she could work through his through her trauma with somebody else that has had significant trauma and might talk about it. Mm-hmm.
0: If, if Neville has a glow up in the next book or something, yes, the two of them could work out wonderfully. <laughs> I mean, his his rocky scene actually needs to have him in the
2: gym, not just waving his wand around. <laughs>
1: This is very much movie specific, but like the work that they had to do in the last movies for the actor who played Neville to continue to make him frumpy because he got so attractive in his latter years is really quite
0: funny. (laughs) I have seen the first movie and he looks kind of how I would picture Neville in the first movie. The actor
1: started out very Neville. Then he became like by the end, he was an underwear model. Oh no, he's hot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They had to do a lot of costuming, had a lot of work to do with him.
2: Um, I also, I I imagine that people that have seen the movies really affects, uh, and like are aware of media really affect how people read the books Mm -hmm. because the amount of people that obsess over, I can't think of her name, but the actress that that plays Hermione and Um, Emma Watson. Yes. Thank you. Uh, And that's definitely not... like. And she, again, probably fit reasonably well, or did fit reasonably well with Hermione when she was young and had sort of like frizzy... I mean, they probably did this, but like frizzy hair and and kind of uh, a little bit awkward. Um, I think that of all of the characters, Harry... uh, What's his name that plays Harry Potter? David Radcliffe. Yeah, David Radcliffe is sort of the only one that doesn't like really get out of the you now you still kind of fit the books and basically all of his other roles it's like yeah you no, you, you never gotten to the uh like leading man looks yeah i mean he's he, he's like uh maybe lead in an off-broadway show which i'm sure he's done uh, enough sure. yes <laughs> and made a career that way um and if you ever want to lean hard into it Uh, Diary of a Young Doctor I think it is Mm -hmm. is a wild TV show that is very much worth watching um, and Radcliffe is in his element there uh, (laughs) Yeah, because I think it's still basically Harry Potter. It is super (laughs) awkward expecting a lot more of a young character than is at all reasonable and he's way out of his depth and everything's awkward.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm. I I remember an interview I watched one time with J.K. Rowling Talk with the three actors that were playing mm-hmm. the trio as well, there, and they asked her, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, what is the biggest difference between these three actors and your characters? And her response was, they're all way too hot. <laughs> but Hollywood homely plays. The, Hollywood's only allow, only allow, willing to allow people that are so unattractive or mo- moderately not attractive to play unattractive characters. Yeah. It's just a rule. Yeah. I mean, if the BBC put this on, we'd have had come. Completely different actors in these roles yes valid point yes uh now as for our well and we've discussed to no end harry's handling of the cedric trauma versus joe's handling of the cedric trauma and how those are two ships passing in the night Mm -hmm. in terms of how they've gone about things and to the point that he just he literally can't understand her on the subject he's just so night and day in terms of how much he's repressed this versus how much she's trying to actually you know have someone to talk about it with. It's a key part of her fascination with you, Harry, actually.
1: And uh, it's, it's interesting that, and this is, we can move on from this, but it's, it's another thing that would be super interesting about like spending some time with Cho is the fact that she actually doesn't have anyone to talk about this with. No. And she's very clear about this. Like, yeah, you have Ron and Hermione, but I haven't been able to process this with with anyone. Um, and that's hmm. a really lonely existence. And I think that kind of comes through from her in this book. <laughs> It's like interesting in way... that
2: no students have parents.
1: No, 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 We like, are.
2: There's. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We're living in like Charlie Brown land where they're just. Womp <laughs> womp. Uh-huh. It's uh,
2: like that. there there are specific parents,
0: but there aren't mm-hmm. general parents. It, it, even Hermione's parents are. We've met them, but they're still general. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I'm in some ways chose almost a casualty of Dumbledore putting such a lid on this and not talking about it that. Since it's not out there, because they weren't discussing it or anything else, she's really alone. And she's trying to, you know, like... It's almost like a desperate last gamble at the end of the day. It's like, okay, fine. Let's talk about one thing I know we have in common, mm-hmm. please. And Harry still shuts her out. Uh, this also could be... I mean, I, I'm
2: definitely reading a lot too much into this. But, but mm. the uh, Dumbledore has talked to Harry about this. And, you know, at some length, basically alone in his office. And that might not play well with Cho, and so he can't do that. And I don't know if um, if anybody else can like really take up that role and has that knowledge.
0: As said, we need more teachers masquera- We need more villains masquerading as teachers, so as to assist students in actually talking <laughs> about their problems and past trauma. Because apparently nobody else does it.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh In terms of the, our one upside hope at the end of the chapter, uh, Hermione and uh, Skeeter's plan. It's legitimately clever. The timing is perfect. I mean, people are looking for an alternative explanation to events because this one is just so inherently doubtful. This may actually give the Quibbler a chance at a readership here. There is hope. Mm -hmm. Uh, Luna, I said, Luna singing Weasley's Our King is just great. It's wonderful. It's perfect that she's just constantly humming it to herself, and I imagine a lot of people are.
1: Listen, if anyone recognizes a bop, it's Luna. Very So did they do
2: this in the movie, and is it an earworm? Because I feel like of the things to do and get right, this would be a high up on the list.
1: I don't think so. Well,
2: it, clearly, since you don't remember it, it's not yeah. anywhere near as much of an earworm as like the main theme yeah. or anything like that. But that would have been like such a good thing to slip in there and mm-hmm. get right. Mm-hmm. You just needed a Taylor Swift... Uh... <laughs>
0: I enjoy how just everything sanguine Rita Skeeter is on the subject of business and the news. It's like, oh, of course that's how it runs. Mm-hmm. The profit exists to sell itself, you silly girl. It's just like, wh- why are we even having this discussion? That is, the, how, that is how the world turns. Are you saying the profit is profit-focused? Yes, BJ. Yes, I am. Well said. <laughs> uh, in terms of bars, Rita's line about, I could manure my garden with the contents of that rag. Oh, that is a hit. That is... Get her in an alternative career doing rap battles, because that one stings (laughs) right there. Uh, But what ultimately seduces her to the cause is the power of a scoop. The power that she could be the first one out with this story, with no one else being a rival, or the quibbler could get it, and that just simply can't happen without me being involved. A little light blackmail
1: doesn't hurt either. get, 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 get Get in there, get in there. Jesus, Hermione! It's like, this isn't light blackmail. She's literally threatening to send you to Azkaban. Hermione is dangerous. Like, she is is actually a problem. Previously, she trapped
0: her in a jar that she would shake around. That's, none of this is cool. It's like, again, Harry's rich. You could just pay her. She'd be more loyal if you did. That's an alternative. But no, let's go with this plan.
1: Jesus, these are our heroes in the story. Hermione doesn't like people to have options, Spencer.
0: I'm seeing that. Ron, maybe Ron, actually, dude. <laughs> who knows? I mean, it's not like Ron, Ron's already punching above his weight. It's fine. Yeah, Ron, she, she, Hermione doesn't ne- need to narrow the list. Ron may not have other options. Uh, but, Sarah, as you referenced before, uh, who won- Who
1: wins and who loses this chapter by the end? Um, I mean, I think we have... I think we have a couple of options for each, but I think there are probably some obvious choices. Uh, I mean, I I guess that Harry has a little bit of an uptick at the end of the chapter, but like he's kind of coerced into this too, and he mm. does not have much going on for him whether by his own making or not. I I mean, I would put Harry forth as the loser of this chapter. Uh nothing it, really goes well for him.
0: Yeah, and for characters that, even for some of the characters that also have bad experiences, like show, it's because Harry caused it, and that's going to be worse down the line for him as well.
1: Yeah, and it is only like one part of this really trilogy of novellas we have going on in this chapter. (laughs) Whereas Harry is sort of screwed in all three of them. Um, Oh yeah. I think we do have a lot of evidence that something weird is going on with Hagrid that is not going well for him. I don't know that it rises to the, the sort of urgency of what we see with Harry this chapter. But Um, it's
2: also like, it doesn't seem to be going worse. No, it's sort of a steady state. Yeah. It's something. And we
1: don't really know what it is or where it's coming from. I mean, it could be snoo
2: snoo. And that's what, what's been alluded to. And
0: (laughs) we we are reaching a point of mandatory reporting though. The guy's wandering in with bruises and injuries every day.
1: Yeah. I, I, is there an agency we can call at this point? I think he's passed the CPS, but we'll... Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, well,
1: maybe y- yes and no. It is Hagrid here. That's true. So I'm going to put Harry down for the loser of this chapter. Hmm. I'm going to put Hermione as the winner of this chapter.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs> Regardless of how we get there, she
0: is... <laughs> uh- no, not helped by the fact that, other than maybe Neville, but I think like Neville can only ever still merit honorable mention, and it's still, again, because just because the friggin' torturer of his parents is now out of jail is motivating him to action. Yeah. Yeah. Her- Hermione's the winner. I-, I think even more the winner that she didn't feel the need to involve her comp- her-, her compatriots in terms of her planning. It's no. like, eh, they'll get in the way or may have you know questions. Um, I do want to, to put forth an honorable mention of Roger
2: Davies.
1: Mm. He does have a good middle of the chapter here.
0: Oh, that's the guy that's necking for the entire coffee shop scene, right? Correct, yep.
1: yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> good for he's him. necking, and then he's goose-necking. <laughs> and then he's rubber-necking. And then he's rubber-necking. Yes, so yeah. I, that's fair. That's fair. He certainly deserves more mention than we had given him yet in this, in this episode. Uh, all right. Questions?
2: How does Harry know all these spells... Better than anybody else, but he's Mm. bad at all spells all the time in comparison to
0: Hermione. Dude's book dumb. (laughs) Sarah,
2: this is an an audio medium. You can't just look at me and and sigh somewhat inaudibly. I
1: don't, I mean, this is simultaneously the question that, so this is the question that everyone has, including Harry, right? (laughs) Harry is also, when we do see Hermione in kind of actual combat-y scenes, she's not great at any of this. And I think that it has to do... She doesn't act well under pressure, I don't think she acts well under, under, like, physical pressure. Yeah. Um, I think she's fine Mm -hmm. at it, as we see, like, even in the third book, when the Defense Against the Dark Arts... Final is mm-hmm. the obstacle course that Lupin sets, and she does fine, yeah, but so not you have to prepare great. For it. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I think I was like, this is the difference between a frontline general Harry versus a strategist Hermione. Yeah, she can put together the best of the plans and put it in motion, but when the actual shots are going off, Harry's kind of got to lead the troops. Not, are you not saying it, it's that, supposed huh? to be Harry Patton? <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, but, but, do, anything else to just, more discussed on that point or is it just kind of an open in text mystery
1: I, yeah I mean I think that it I think it's personality driven um, hmm. I think it's I mean, also yeah. interest driven too right like Harry is interested sure. in one thing
2: yeah I mean it's just like where does he It, it's interesting because like anytime we talk about them in charms or, or anything else mm-hmm. I mean he's slow to pick things up but like he will eventually and he doesn't really do homework so it's kind of like you know, maybe he's just having them like do this under pre- like more pressure. And but Hermione is like the best. Yeah. And, anyway, it's just, it's just sort of like,
1: you know, eh. and I think that like probably the answer is that the answer at this point, too, is that a lot of it happened kind of in the background when Harry was training for the Tri Wizard tournament and especially the last, um, the last task. For that yeah. maze, for the obstacle course. Like we did get descriptions. But yes, they he were was kind training
2: of training with Hermione.
1: Sometimes. Yeah. Um
2: I mean not all the time, but yeah. like
1: Sometimes. Yeah. And he was the one like I think that there is like a real there is something to the idea that like Hermione knew that she wasn't going into these these situations having to use them, yeah. right? Whereas Harry knew um he had to do it. It
0: feels like there's an element of confidence comes from knowing of where Hermione knows how to do all of these things, but Mm -hmm. Harry's actually done them live. Yeah, yeah. So Hermione may be just in her own head to a certain degree here. Uh, Is probation a thing before Umbridge started doing it?
1: I, I mean, it may have been a thing, but we never said like we have never seen it happen.
0: Like is this actually like part of the school, the teachers' code, the you know, the teachers' handbook about something that can happen to you? Previously, that just Dumbledore never used, or is Umbridge just now implementing a Ministry thing that not that's not it that was not previously available?
1: I don't know. I mean, it seems like a Ministry thing to me. Um, it seems like she's putting them on performance improvement plans with no plan to improve. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's more it's more of a bullseye target that she's just affixing to you so yeah. she can get the shot aimed in. Yes,
1: I love the description that like she's pissed, and therefore somebody has to get fired.
0: <laughs> and and, Harry, and Harry's description of I felt bad for Trelawney but you know if one of them's got to die, Hagrid's my guy.
2: Yeah, yeah. Do you think that the Ministry arm, law enforcement, or whatever, questions? photographs or paintings (laughs) you thought you'd get away with not having
1: a painting question i did um i mean if they don't they certainly should be right right and like Mm -hmm. the
2: and and it just like i thought of it because you know we have uh surprisingly not moving uh images uh but it's probably like you know ascii art so you know we're, we're so far down the scale that they have yeah. no uh you know personal volition but like i imagine an, an incredibly hilarious but very powerful method of getting a really good por- portrait artist working for the police mm-hmm. painting an incredibly good portrait and being like all right I, I have boxed you in, you're behind bars or whatever, so you can't escape to like another another painting and we're going to sit down and good cop, bad cop you and, mm-hmm. you know, may, maybe take a palette knife uh, mm. in and just like, if you don't answer our questions, <laughs> we're going to, oh my God, imagine a palette knife and like taking
1: that
0: to to a portrait. Oh my gosh. Like,
1: a little eyedropper of paint stripper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Now now I'm just imagining now imagining a police sketch artist that's bad at his job and is just making monstrosities that are briefly animated with life and trying to connect themselves to the actual person. Stop it, PJ! Please, this this is a threat that is needing to be pulled. Put me out of my misery. I'm picturing like that. You guys ever seen like those bad police sketches? Like the strawberry wearing the hat in terms of the dude. It's like, what? That thing's just. Who am I? (laughs) I'm actually good. This this was this was a, this was a chapter of roaming around getting data points. I don't have as many questions from it because I'm still processing all that we got.
1: Yeah, a lot of lot of plot related stuff. I would imagine. Um, yep. Bj, are you good?
2: Uh, yes. <laughs> I came up with a relevant portrait question. So it, it, I, that I, is,
1: I appreciate that question because it is not one that you have asked before, and I'm gonna <laughs> be. That's a thought that's gonna fester, Bj. Mm-hmm.
2: So what I'm here for.
1: <laughs> uh, Spencer, are you ready for my favorite part of these episodes? I-, I am.
0: I'm just now wondering whether we should rename BJ's segment Festering Thoughts with BJ. <laughs> um,
1: so next time we have chapter 26, Seen and Unforeseen.
0: I'm turning uh, to it now. I wonder what this is a depiction of. I'm, I'm guessing dr- we're, we're seeing the dream image this is the dream doorway that harry's been approaching for so long and so often except it's himself this time yep
1: oh we are in uh, a nearly 30 page chapter territory so oh
0: i'm excited i believe in you sarah you'd made this chapter happen you can make the next, next one too thanks spitzer uh but this is dark and ominous i like this picture actually i mean some some of the pictures have been very much just almost like little stylized portrait kind of things yeah but this one this one's got lighting well done. Yeah, we've mm-hmm. got a,
1: a a scene of um, a hallway kind of, in a dark hallway in perspective, a figure from behind, who I think we, we all assume is Harry, towards an open, uh, cracked door with the light coming through, through the door, illuminating just a little bit and putting the rest in shadow. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. This feels like a different artist. It this does is feel actually like- doesn't it? It's actually, like, a well-done little painting. There's even a sense of movement, like, with the cloak swishing behind and the light beaming past him. It's like,
1: yeah, and the way the okay. hallway is kind of coming out past you. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. It's like, well done, <laughs> random chapter artist dude.
1: So, anyway. that's Maybe we he was got an coming. AI
0: artist before it stopped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is...
2: Wait, I do have another question that's relevant to this. Five seconds. Yeah. Is, got is the
1: pen AI? I love that. Mm. Yeah, right? I think it is. And I think that Rita has cracked the code of what prompt you put in to the chat GPT yeah. to get it to... <laughs> uh, d- I'm actually pull... going to go start playing now to see if I can get ChatGPT to write something in the style of Rita Skeeter.
0: Don't, don't, don't tell anybody. but My parents were sending me articles horrified about what AI is doing now. I don't need to field <laughs> more of those as time goes on. But... In the meantime, y'all, this was, this was the delight of a chapter to discuss and looking forward to what may be a dark and foreboding next one.